0: radio for a really great future we're talking real money
1: once again it's friday and that means you have questions to which i hope to have answers hi welcome to talking real money the friday q a edition i'm don thank you so much for sending in all the great questions and for listening to all of our podcasts many 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 of you listen and we really appreciate it and we're running about a million downloads a year which is thrilling um and if you want to send questions in just go to talkingrealmoney.com click on the contact form and the best way to do it is to record them using your computer mic if you don't have a decent computer mic do yourself a favor get one because with all the the zoom and the teams and the facetiming and the video conferencings and things going on you really need one anyway so get a decent one they you can get a decent one for a decent one for under a hundred. You can get a good one for two, a really good one. So check them out. Uh, let's get to the questions, though, shall we? Because that's what you listen for, and I live for.
2: Hey guys, I had a question about selling gold and silver. My father just passed a few weeks ago, and he had about seventy thousand dollars worth of physical gold and silver. And my mom doesn't want to keep that anymore. So I was looking for some advice on how we even go about selling it. I know he used to buy from a gold broker, but they don't live nearby that broker anymore and probably don't even have his contact information. Do we just find a local broker nearby and walk in with a bunch of bars and coins and sell it to him? Also, what would be the tax ramifications? Should my mother sell it all at once or spread it out over a few years? I assume it would be similar to selling $70,000 worth of stock for tax purposes. Thank you for all you guys do. And I appreciate your time.
1: Unlike stocks and bonds and other securities, the buying and selling of gold tends to be particularly when there are coins involved tends to be more of a local process. You're probably better off keeping it local, which means physically shopping for uh, a dealer it, it literally means doing what you remember. Remember back when we used to drive from car dealer to car dealer or store to store shopping for prices? <laughs> yeah, it's that's what you should do. Uh, load the stuff up. Load a sample of it. I mean, if you have a bunch of bullion, one piece of bullion is going to be you know, indicative of the rest of it. If you have rare coins, you probably should pack up all the rare coins. If you have uh, bullion coins, then one of the stack of bullion coins would be adequate uh, with a complete accounting. Take it to several apparently reputable dealers, and you won't really know until you talk to them and price them. Show them what you have get a uh, written estimate and pit one against the other. That's capitalism. Pit them, I don't care how nice they are, how fancy their office whatever. This is a, a a a money deal. This is business. You want the best price you can get. And you don't want to do other companies outside of the area because then you get into insurance costs and shipping costs which can just eat into whatever profit you might have. Now, capital gains. If your father kept good records, which I hope he did of what he what he paid for all these things, and your mother has a capital gain, the good news is if we can establish the value, which is should be pretty easy to do, and the dealers can do this for you, if we can establish the value at the time of death, then your mother gets all of the gains up to that price without any taxes. So if there were there shouldn't be much, if any, tax liability on this transaction because gold is not that volatile. So that's what I would do. I would just start shopping it. If it was just bullion, you could shop it nationally. But even then, you're going to run into those costs of shipping and the the huge cost of insuring, just ridiculous prices to insure precious metals in a uh, in any kind of a shipping system. So good luck. Thanks so much. And let's go to question number two for the day.
3: Hi, Don and Tom. Thanks for the best financial podcast out there. My question is about the four hundred one k, the regular four hundred one k versus the Roth four hundred one k. I'm contributing to a regular four hundred one k, and I intend to. I hope to have at least a million dollars in the account by the time I, I pass away. It's up to seven hundred thousand now, and I intend to give it all to charity. So, am I best? Is it best to continue? doing the regular 401k versus the Roth 401k, because the charities, if I donate 100% of my my 401k to charity, the charities won't be responsible for paying any taxes, correct? But if I donate my 401k to, if I leave my 401k to relatives, they will have to pay taxes on that, correct? Or am I missing something?
1: Thanks for the great comments. I don't think you're missing anything. I I think I'm a little confused uh, because you said you're going to donate everything to charity. If you are going to donate everything to charity, then the regular 401k is advantageous because it gives you a tax deduction today, which means you have more money after taxes, more money to invest, more money to spend, more money to do with whatever you choose to do. And the charity has no obligation, no tax obligation, or or there are no ramifications for them at all. So uh, the regular is going to be better if you're certain you're going to give it to charity. The Roth will be better if you're going to give it to relatives. So it's that trade-off thing that we all have to do not knowing the future. If you don't know for sure, then you might want to have both. Because you are going to give some to charity and maybe some to relatives, so you might want to go and go ahead and switch to a Roth. But if you think you are going to be you are going to use it, you are going to be in a lower bracket in the future, that would mean you do the regular today, where that deduction gets you more bang for the buck. If you expect to be in a higher bracket in the future because you are such a good saver, then the Roth makes more sense. So it's all about guessing and trying to anticipate what will be done with the money, and where it will go, and how it will be taxed in the future versus. How you know it would be taxed today? Thank you very much for calling and or well, okay, I'm still, I'm, ha- I'm having issues with the with the old fashioned terminology. Thank you very much for
2: interneting. Now calling is better. All right, we got another one right here. Tom and Don love the show. Listen every day when I get home from work. Hey, listening to the episode today, and I heard you guys mentioning the Vanguard funds with. Um, redemption fees or just purchase fees. And and not that it makes any difference. And I mean, I've literally paused the show about two minutes in when you all were talking about it. So it might have been mentioned later. I guess I'll hear just how dumb I am in a few minutes, if that's the case. But uh, I just wanted to say, keep in mind that the the purchase and redemption fees on Vanguard funds uh, go get fed back into the fund. So those are Purchase and redemption fees that are supposed to curtail or discourage short term timing. Uh, I mean, call them what they are essentially loads or exit fees. But just keep in mind that, you know, unlike a lot of places, they get fed back into the fund as part of the, uh, the fund itself. So they do benefit the buy and hold purchasers of those funds. So Vanguard is not taking those off the top as a profit. They're actually when you pay those, they get fed back into the fund itself. So just whether that matters or not, I just want to point that out. And again, I love the show. Well, thank you very much for clarifying that.
1: You know, and the fact is I knew that it's kind of like, I knew, I kind of knew about these fees, but it had been so long that the the 1% just shocked me so much. There is, you're right. It it's paid and then it's put right back into the fund. The problem is it, it feels uncomfortable, and uh, so we reacted viscerally, um, but it is kind of an annoyance. It's just more of an, it's, it's just a little annoying thing because the reality is if people want to trade now, and we mentioned that in the, in the podcast, if people want to trade Vanguard products, the easier way to do it is just to use ETFs now. And I think most traders have figured that out. They don't want to trade funds. If you trade funds through your broker, you've got transaction fees coming and going with ETFs. You don't. So I think the point is moot, and, uh, but you are right. It does go back into the fund, so long-term shareholders get, uh, uh, the, get the money back. It's, in essence, just reinvested for you, but it, it just, it's, it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's just me, but it just made me uncomfortable when the, when the listener brought my attention back to it. But thank you for the clarification, because it is an important clarification. Uh, Again, questions, send them in. TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. And here is today's final Q, A, or C. Q and A or C. Yeah, Q and A or C. Or maybe it should be Q or C and A. No, it would be C. Never mind.
2: Hey, Tom and Don. How are you doing? This is Andrew. Question. Uh, I got uh, a S&P 500 fund in a Schwab brokerage account. My question to you, since the world's going to ETFs, can I trade it out for a total stock market ETF and avoid the taxes on it? I'd really like to know. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. You're doing a good job. Bye.
1: Great question. It's funny, we, we all hate paying taxes, we do, and yet we, we need to realize that if we're paying taxes, capital gains taxes, we made more money than we're paying out in taxes, so there's a net positive, it's a net positive, but I get this. Well, the, this confusion came apart, uh, came about because Vanguard started exchanging, or allowing shareholders in some of their mutual funds to move them straight over into the comparable ETF. For example, if you owned and it doesn't sound like you do the Vanguard index 500 fund mutual fund, you could move that into the Vanguard 500 ETF VOO and not have a taxable event because they're, they're keeping it in the same pool of securities. They're just swapping it over. However, An S&P 500 fund with somebody else can't be moved into any ETF at another company at all. Can't be done through Schwab for sure. And most don't allow it at all. So uh, it would have to be something done within Vanguard from one specific fund to another. And Vanguard has a list of them. Uh, for example, you can go from the, uh, the, the value index fund, the, the VVIAX, into the value ETF, which is VTV. Uh, you could go from, well, like I said, the VFIAX, the 500 index, but only into VOO. Um, it has to be the same fund. So, no, you can't do that. But if you want to move from an S&P to a VT, or, like, you know, AVGE through Avantis. I think that would long term be good for you. Uh, it should uh, give you much better diversification at reasonable fees. So, but you are going to pay capital gains, sorry. So, you might want to do some tax planning associated with that. Thank you for the question. Thank you for listening. Thank you all, all, all of you for listening. Many thousands of you. And we really, truly appreciate you. If you need help, call us at 855-935-TALK and uh, do it on Saturday. That's the best time to do it. Every Saturday from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, I guess daylight time now, or Eastern, Eastern time, whatever it is. 3 to 5 Eastern time, noon to 2 Pacific time. Tom and I go on the radio in Seattle and we talk about money live. You, no matter where you are, can call that number and participate in the show. 855-935-TALK and uh, you can also, though, if you need a little bit more help, we want to make sure everybody gets helped, whether they become clients of us, another firm, doesn't matter. So uh, we love to meet with you, our listeners, and we do it for free. And this is not just a free consultation. This is free help with no high-pressure sales pitch. You just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on Meet an advisor. It's that simple. And again, call us Saturdays, 855-935-TALK. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being there. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, because the more the merrier. It's a podcast. We we can share it really easily. It's electronic. So tell everybody you don't have to keep it to yourself. And uh, if you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Take care of yourselves. We're going to be back soon. Well, Saturday, talking real money